Uh, listen to this, everybody. This is going to be really interesting, and you're going to love hearing about it, which is why we decided to talk about it on our podcast. Yesterday, John picked me up at the Raleigh-Durham International Airport, and we used the app, What Three Words? So there would yes. be no misunderstanding about where I would be picked up. The three words were, well, first we worked it out. David wanted to set, David wanted to come up with the three words before he even landed. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not how we're going to do it. David, you're going to land. You're going to go to a spot. Then you're going to look down and see the three words. And you tell me what the three words are. And then I'll come. I don't want you to have to waste time looking for the three words that you came up just out of nowhere. So he landed. I said, uh, text me when you land. He did. You saw me land, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. It was uh, Mike and I were at the observation deck. We saw you come in on your Delta flight, whatever. You were doing a little plane spotting. That's Yeah. Yeah, we were. It was. Isn't that what yeah. that's called? That is what it's called. Uh, so then uh, you texted, landed. I said, NSS, just saw it. And then I said, text me again when you when you know your three words. And you did. And it was about a half an hour later, which is why when in the past, when somebody lands, that's when you leave your house because it takes a half an hour, (laughs) except one time you came in on a helicopter or something Uh and landed right at the front gate. So, uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, then you texted and you said, my three words are geeks, jockey highlight. That was the coordinate that that was generated for me. That's right. And then you told me lower level. You said lower level because it doesn't it doesn't do multiple planes. And then uh, I said uh, on our way, and then we were there within three minutes. It was perfect because we are geeks. I was going to ride in your car like a jockey rides on a horse, and picking me up at the airport was going to be the highlight of your week day. Geeks jockey highlight. Mm-hmm. To the listener that recommended what three words, I can't remember your name or who you are, but it worked. It was kind of interesting. It really was. And remember, if anyone else needs to be picked up at the airport, I am available to do that only for Patreon members. Patreon members flying into RDU within a reasonable hour. John Kimball will pick you up at the airport. Patreon.com slash election profit makers. Right. And we can use what three words to, to do it as well. Yep. Yeah. Let's start the episode. All right. John, the name of our podcast is called Election Profit Makers, and the reason we call it that is because we monitor elections very closely, read the news, study the trends and forecasts, all the latest polling data, and then we invest our very own money onto predictit.org, the website where you can bet on political outcomes, and then we, so to speak, make colossal profits, filling our wallets and bank accounts. Many people wonder how many millions of dollars we've made investing on Predicted over the past couple of election cycles. And the answer is we've each made $3.6 million. Mm. That's why it's called election profit makers and not election profit losers. Oh, wait a minute. Whoa, wait. (laughs) Sorry, I just woke up from the strangest dream. I had a dream that we made a lot of money on Predicted.org. Hey, we have made a lot of money on Predicted. Well, you have. You yeah, have, I picked you up in a car that I bought from that's my That's true, the Predictit Mobile, still looking good. But when I look at my Predictit portfolio, lo and behold, longtime listeners will be absolutely stunned to hear that I'm down in every market. Still, 
And so I come to you today with an available stockpile of $1.44 cash in my predicted market, in my predicted account. And I'm wondering, John, if once and for all, as we enter the midterms, if it's time for me to, for the first time in many, many months, actually withdraw some money from my bank account and put it into predicted, would that be one of the worst mistakes I've ever made? Or would that breathe new life into my investment strategy and give me a second wind? Well, I don't know about your investment strategy, but it would breathe new life into the podcast uh, if we you were to do that and put more money in. And so three dollars. I think more than that. You know, I just clicked on my dashboard and it said I don't own any shares in anything. So, so that's good for the podcast. <laughs> Come so on, I put some money I... in. Let's both put some money in right now. This will be fun. Okay. How what much? do we got here? Cash. You click on the cash thing and then it immediately goes to this page called wallet. And then it says, select your bank. Simple and safe. No card needed. All right. So I'm going to connect to my bank account, which will remain unnamed so that no cyber hackers make off with all my millions of dollars. All right. And $500. now I am. Sorry. 500. Should we each do $500? It says I have yeah, to connect so- with something called Trustly. Which is the least trustworthy oh name gosh. I've ever heard. Trustly. Yeah, Trustly. Trustly. Operating right. on a country code domain in Libya. Which of my many bank accounts am I going to draw the money from? Capital One. You know, there's a company called Credit One. Uh huh. That is not connected with Capital One. Okay. And they have the exact same logo with this little swoosh thing. I was watching the uh, Coca Cola 600 used to be called the World 600. It's at Charlotte Motor Speedway. It's a big race. Big race on Memorial Day weekend. And they, they, uh, there was a car that was sponsored by Credit One. Okay. And I said, is that a spinoff of Capital One? But no, it's just another credit card company. How can they do that? That's confusingly similar. I don't know. I see intellectual property issues with that. But I don't know. If anyone knows anything about that, let me know. I asked David about it earlier today, and he was not happy. He said, why yes. are you focused on Why are on you bank talking logos? about bank logos when we have a podcast episode to record? So I just deposited $500 into Predicted. May God have mercy on my soul. Okay. I just did the same thing. John, we're bound by blood now. Blood and honor. We're a band of brothers. Here we go. Let's make some investments. The Georgia primaries are over. As expected, Trump's picks for governor and attorney general went down to defeat. Kemp and Raffensperger will be the nominees. And Stacey Abrams and Raphael Warnock uh, are running for governor and senator, respectively. That's right. Is it time to jump into these Georgia races or what? Uh, well, it depends where you're going to put your money. Well. Herschel Walker won easily. He's sounding more and more normal by the day. Yeah. Love yeah. to see Herschel Walker behind a microphone speaking with authority about the issues of, of our nation. He knows what he's talking about and he's very cool. He was a good football player though. Unfortunately, we're not betting on sports. Which party will win the 2022 U.S. Senate election in Georgia? This market is priced much, much more tightly than I would have imagined. Republican at 53, Democrat at 48. What do you think about that? Yeah. I, I think the Democrat wins. I just think Georgia is now controlled by Democrats. You think Warnock is going to win? Yeah. So 48 cents for you is a good price? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good price. So hook it up. Put some of your $500 in that market. Hey, All right. I don't mean All to right. do peer pressure, but come on, man. All right. Buying right now. Clickety, clickety, click. 
Here we go. The clickety clickety clack. That's what we love. Oh, I just clicked in Georgia to, and then I see there's other other markets. Trump indicted in Georgia by September 1st. Yo, more Trump, more insane Trump wish fulfillment markets. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. The, the great no game is, is trading afoot. at 88 cents. Yeah, what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. Trump. Let me search Trump and predict yeah, that, That's free money right there. Trump indicted with a crime in Georgia by September 1st. Wait, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I don't think he's going to be indicted. Yes is at 12. No is at 89. You're saying buying the no shares is free money. Yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately, as we all know, that there is a limit on how much you can invest in predicted. But say if you could invest a million dollars in that, mm-hmm. that would be a nice return. Wow. When you look at the GOP 2024 presidential nominee, DeSantis is pulled within four cents of Trump. I don't think Trump is. Yeah. I think the vibe around Trump is not so winner-ish. Is that a word? Trump's at 38. DeSantis is at 34. You said the vibe around Trump is not so winner-ish? Yeah, at, at these days. Yeah, I think he spoke in Wyoming this past week. There weren't that many people. Hmm. I mean, for one thing, there aren't a lot of people that live in Wyoming, but I think there's enough they could fill up. And there's not that much going on in Wyoming. So you would think that if Trump came, that would be pretty exciting. Red letter day, so to speak. Yeah. And he he didn't. So I'm putting in for 250 shares. Here we go. Here we go. The old rush is coming back. At 47 cents. So it's not going to fill right away. We're just going to have to, we're going to have to see. If I can get this filled. Other Georgia markets. Georgia. Man, I hate that Georgia gets all the press now. See, this bothers you because you you thought North Carolina was going to be where Georgia is now. The swing state that's inspiring everybody. Well, I just think North Carolina is a more, it's a more dynamic state. It's got better progressive history. It's, It's just overall a better state. Atlanta's a great city, but when you, when you just compare the states, North Carolina is superior. So what's up? Why isn't North Carolina rising to meet the occasion like Georgia is? Uh, Georgia is, you know, like I've said before, 60% of the population lives in the Atlanta metro area. And for that reason, it is trending like many urban areas. It's trending democratically. And in North Carolina, you've got a, a lot of areas that aren't cities and you've got a lot of retirees coming into the mountains and the coast and things like that. So that's that's why. You're leaving something else out though. Who is the last North Carolina politician to capture the nation's imagination like Stacey Abrams did? Or even Raphael Warnock? Who's the last North Carolina politician to do that? Jim Hunt. Okay. What all our listeners, of course, are screaming and pumping their fists in the air because they love Jim Hunt so much. Yeah, right. And yeah, right now they're high fiving their big life size cutout of former North Carolina Governor Jim Hunt, Sam Irvin. Ni- uh huh. Okay, Sam Irvin. Yep. Watergate. Frank Watergate Graham. legend. See, you All see right. what I'm saying? Yeah. We had Cal Cunningham. Oh, I thought you were going to go with. The, I thought you were going to go with uh, John Edwards. John, exactly. Look at the- All right, all right. Look at the North Carolina politicians who get a national profile and look how they end up in disgrace. Harvey Gant. Harvey Gant didn't end up in disgrace. Yeah, that's true. But that was a long time ago. How long ago was that? That Gant election? What was that? 88? 92? Correction. Harvey Gant ran for Senate against Jesse Helms in 1990. Yeah. All it will take is one charismatic lefty politician from North Carolina. You know? 
Yeah. To break nationally. And unfortunately for Jasmine Beach Ferrara, as you intimated last week, now that Madison Cawthorn is not going to be her opponent in the NC-11, I think her profile is not going to rise as the foil to the most loathed member of Congress. Right. Now that she's running against Chuck Edwards or whatever his name is, I don't think she'll break nationally, but she could. It could have been her. Maybe. It still could be. It still could be. Probably better if it's an African-American. Could be Sherry Beasley. Something happens with Sherry Beasley. She blows up in the Senate race. Mm hmm. I don't think she's as charismatic as um, Stacey no. Abrams, but, you know, like no, who is, she's right? she's not. She's a little more, she's got a little more of an establishment feel. Absolutely. She doesn't, she doesn't feel like she's here to shake things up and start a revolution like Stacey Abrams does. Yeah. So what I'm saying is I think North Carolina is taking second, is playing second fiddle to Georgia because North Carolina has yet to present a super charismatic Democratic slash left wing politician who blows everybody's minds. And it's not going to be Anita Alam because she lost her her primary. I don't think it's going to be Valerie Fouché because Valerie Fouché, like Sherry Beasley, just reads as kind of establishment like. Right. And she's not going to shake Clay, things up. Clay Aiken. Oh, yeah. It should have been Clay Aiken. That would have been revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. That would have been, been. Instead, we had John Edwards and Cal Cunningham. You know who would have been re- revolutionary? Who? Speaking of uh, American Idol, Fantasia. Do you remember Fantasia? Yeah, of course. Where's she? Why isn't she running? Exactly. She would have rocked it. I don't even know where she is now. Well, she's not on the ballot. I know that. And that's mistake number two for North Carolina. Instead, the high-profile North Carolina politician of the last two years was Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, Fantasia Barino. Isn't that her name? I didn't know she had a last name. Yeah, she had a last. She has a last name. How cool She's would it be mom. if you saw someone's name on the ballot and it was just their name with no last name? It was a single oh name. They had God. a mononym. Yeah, it was like County Comptroller Blake Johnson, Chuck Sarcophagus, and then it just said Share. It would be such a power yeah. move to just have your stage name. Although Sarcophagus, that's uh, actually a pretty good last name. name. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was a bad, that was a bad example. I was like, in the moment I was like, let me think of a really generic last name, like yeah, Johnson or, or yeah, I, I did a good job there. <laughs> Sarcophagus. Yeah, that would actually be tough between those two. Georgia markets, that's where all the action is. Come on, North Carolina, step it up. Yeah. Which party will win the 2022 Georgia gubernatorial election? GOP, 82 cents, Democrat, 20 cents. That's grim. I'll buy a hundred shares at 19 of what? Of um, Abrams winning. Going for it. Wish bet. I like this. I don't think it's a... Well, maybe it is a wish bet. We'll see. You think Democrats have a better chance of being, of winning the Senate seat in Georgia than the governor's seat? Is that what you're saying? Well, Kemp has a track record. Right. Herschel Walker doesn't. Herschel Walker feels like a much weaker candidate than Brian Kemp. Mm, closest Senate race in 2022. They have North Carolina at four cents. Nobody's feeling that. As a close Senate race? Yeah, I guess they think Sherry Beasley's just going to run away with it here. Yeah, that's what they're thinking. Yeah, that's what they're thinking. It's 87 cents Republican uh, over Democrat for which party will win the NC Senate race, which I'm invested in. You know what? Yeah, this looks like a nice negative risk play. You work on your negative risk. Let me let me invest more in Democrats winning that Senate seat. I'm so fucking sick of all the doom and gloom about everything. Why not just dream a little bit? Let me put some more money in here. Go ahead, Sherry Beasley. 
fuck it, why not? Stranger Things have happened. Hey, Stranger Things, streaming now on Netflix, created by two hey. North Carolina people. Yeah, that's right. They're from Durham. Stranger Things. Stranger Things, yeah. The photo, when you log on to predict it to the homepage and you see Dr. Oz staring at you to promote the Dr. Oz market about whether he's going to win that primary, that's not the greatest photo of Dr. Oz I've ever seen. Yeah. It's a really, really... Really strange. Yeah. Dr. Oz um, does not look that bad. He's a weird looking guy, but he doesn't look this bad. He truly looks like he knows something we don't in this photograph. And it's not medical stuff. And it's not political stuff. It's like... It's, he's looking at you like, I know where the UFOs are located, and I'm going to go visit them to get the uh-huh. surgical equipment to do my experiment on you, humanoid. That's the expression he's making. Yeah. My name is Joey Sarcophagus, but you can call me Dr. Oz. Bo Hines, you want to talk about this fascist guy, this Bo Hines guy in North Carolina? Move over, Madison Cawthorn. There's a new young, there's a new young fashy dude taking over North Carolina politics, and he's running in the district that's right next door to John's district. He's very close. Bo Hines, North Carolina's 13th congressional district. 26 years young, this fellow is. He truly, truly gives off Madison Cawthorn vibes, but I think he might be the smart version of Madison Cawthorn because he went to Yale. And yes, I am saying that people who go to Ivy League schools are smarter than the other people. It's kind of elitist. Yeah, but I'm an elitist. And I didn't even go to an Ivy League school, and I'll still say it. What do I care? So, yeah. So, Bo Hines' homepage, bo4nc.com. Do you like that domain? Is it the number four? Yeah, bo4nc.com. I don't know. It's fine. Okay. I'd respect it. If it was just bo.com, now that would be awesome. You go to Bo Hines' website, and the first face you see is that of former President Donald J. Trump. Says Bo Hines, President Trump endorses Bo Hines. And then you scroll down and then you see Bo Hines, who actually, and I'm not making this up, looks like a combination between Madison Cawthorn and um, who's the who's the freak who runs Project Veritas with the big ears? Oh, yeah. James O'Keefe. Yeah. Or one of those guys that works for for Peter Thiel, one of his guys who's running for Congress in Arizona. It's another kind of fascist looking guy. If you see a photo of Bo Hines, I challenge you to find anyone in human history who looks more like a genetic crossbreed of Madison Cawthorn and James O'Keefe. And then his quote that he has on his homepage is, Bo Hines, I am 100% pro-life. I'm 100% pro-gun. I am 100% pro-free speech. I am 100% pro-Trump. So that's good. That's brand identity. Then you scroll down and you have a pull quote. I've always been a hard worker. See, he used to be a football star, John. Did you know that? Was he a star? Well, he got a scholarship to play football at NC State. So I don't know, John. You tell me. I don't know. After one year at NC State, he transferred to Yale University to study poli-sci. And then he went to Wake Forest to get a law degree and to, quote, escape the leftist propaganda of the Ivy League. Oh. Bo Hines here posing with his with his wife. And he says something that... um. Is <laughs> John, I'm going to read you this quote. Tell me what kind of vibes it gives you. Okay. I'm a fighter through and through. As my wife and I embark on our journey to start a family, I want to do my part to preserve, preserve our values, our heritage, and ensure North Carolina reaches the heights of its potential. All right. That's a little, doesn't that feel a little bit like replacement theory dog whistle stuff? Like my wife and I are about to start our family and we just want to make sure that our values and heritages are preserved. Um, yeah. The heights of its potential. 
I know you like that, though, because that's where you think North Carolina deserves to get to, the heights of its well, potential. Well, I, I do. But, I mean, you know, North Carolina, which some may know, was was known as the Rip Van Winkle state back in the day. It was sort of asleep and being overtaken by many other states. But it's not 1950 anymore. North Carolina is pretty much at the heights of its potential, I would say. Hold on. I'm just – I'm doing a quick read-through of Bo Hines's, um Oh my God, they got fucking, you know, that maniac Terrence Williams, the black guy who wears the Cape America great hat. No. Well, Terrence Williams is endorsing Bo Hines. I don't want to talk about this guy anymore. Okay. Do you know anything about his opponent, Democratic Wiley Nickel, other than the fact that he's blowing up my email inbox like nobody's business? Wiley. Wiley Nickel. You like that? Yeah. Wiley Nickel related to the bad penny. Ha <laughs> is that is that something? No. Okay. All right, everybody, listen up. Next weekend, Saturday, June 4th, Lake of the Isles, Minneapolis, 1 p.m. I will supervise the inaugural sharpening of the 20-foot-tall Lake of the Isles pencil. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Coming out of retirement for this. Here's the address, 2217 East Lake of the Isles Parkway, Minneapolis, 55405. That address again, 2217 East Lake of the Isles Parkway, Minneapolis, 55405. That's Saturday, June 4th, 1 p.m. Come out, say hello. Witness this massive pencil being sharpened for the first time. I hope to see you there. I think it's going to be really fun. When was the last time you were in Minneapolis? Last time I was in Minneapolis was 20 years ago on a Get Your War on tour. I did an event at the big museum there. It was really fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, the skyline's probably changed a lot. Holy shit. Speaking of which, we just got an email. Hey, David and John, checking in from Minneapolis. I'm pumped for David's pencil sharpening event at what I'm assuming is one of those big fancy homes on the Lake of the Isles. That's correct, listener. In fact, I've been told that it's the former home of Bobby McFerrin, the acapella singing artist, but I'm not sure that's true. Anyway, the this person whose name is Liam writes, John mentioned that the Twin Cities have a great skyline. I'm assuming he's referring to Minneapolis rather than St. Paul, but maybe he meant them both individually. Locals seem to hate the addition of the Vikings Stadium to the Minneapolis skyline that opened in 2016. Huh. I'm a transplant and wasn't around before then and don't feel strongly about it, but it is a bit of an eyesore. Depending on your viewpoint, I'm curious if John has a take. I've attached some pictures. No, I I didn't know that the stadium would be big enough to have an impact on the skyline. Forwarding you this email now. This email is hot and fresh in my inbox. And uh, Liam, thank you for including these photos of the Viking Stadium. The Viking Stadium does look a little... It looks like if Tesla built... It looks like if the Tesla truck was a building. You know what I mean? <laughs> You're right. It does. It looks. It like looks that like a shoebox that that somebody fell on. Yeah, I would say from this angle, this this is not. This thing looks like shit. This thing looks like a shed. This thing looks yeah. like a broken shed. Okay, yeah, but you can you can do crazy things. I'm sure I can. You know, find an angle of the Charlotte skyline and put the Bank of America Stadium in front. Wait, of Wait, this it dude sent three terrible. photos. You think all three of these photos he has very specifically taken? is included because they present this thing in the least flattering angle? I mean, this is one angle of the Minneapolis skyline. All you have to do is move over one-eighth of a mile, and it's not even doesn't it's not in the way at all. All right. Anyway, Liam, I hope you're coming to this event at the former house of Bobby McFerrin, allegedly, and I'll see you uh, on Saturday. Yeah, and thanks for sending those photos. I'll look more into those. 
and I think St. Paul has a decent skyline too. But you know, yeah, I'm generally speaking about Minneapolis. Let's do a little bit of a showbiz update, John. I saw Top Gun Maverick last weekend. Go on. Well, that doesn't seem like the type of film that you would be into. So I had never seen Top Gun. What? Um, it was a big movie when we were young, but I remember just thinking like, and I think making an announcement at a slumber party at Tyler's house, like, I'm never going to see Top Gun. It's too jingoistic and militaristic. Yeah, I was fun. No, wait, wait, I've always I, been fun. Top Gun came out in 1986. Right. So yeah. Yeah, you're a pretty fun 14 year old. Well, I think I was you, already listening to the Minuteman and getting all punk rock and political. And it was like, I'm, I'm not going to go support this Cold War propaganda. I was very sensitive to that. Oh, my God. It was so good. Now, now I'm just such an old bum. I don't give two shits about anything. My friend was like, hey, I got a ticket to Top Gun Maverick. You want to go? I was like, absolutely. Well, how was it? Well, I have to say, <laughs> I have to say I thought it was absolutely wonderful. Really? I'd, and and um, I know that's like really not great because like, well, here's the thing. It's it's like a pro-military movie, but unlike the original Top Gun, where I think the Soviet Union is very specifically the antagonists, okay. in this movie, they have to do a high-stakes military mission and get this. There's no room for error in this mission. This is <laughs> okay. going to require like some of the best pilots ever. All right. But they very they very ostentatiously never refer to the country that they're attacking. They just uh. call it the enemy. And I'm thinking because it's about an uranium enrichment facility. I'm like, okay, this is Iran. They're going to fly into a desert. No, they fly into like Saskatchewan. Like they're flying through pine trees and snow melt and stuff. It's like a hmm. weird. Someone said, oh, it could be the snow capped hills of Afghanistan. It's like, no, that's not what trees look like in Afghanistan. Like I've seen photos of Afghanistan. So they so they kind of they deep they deep peg it from any specific thing that would be, you know, that would give me umbrage. Like, right. However, it is still like the message of the movie is not the military sucks and we should beat our swords into plowshares. It's very pro Navy. These are Top Gun pilots or Navy pilots. I didn't know that. Right. It's very interesting. Yeah. Can't wait to go to a cocktail party and drop that bomb on everybody. Like, oh, did you see that movie where Tom Cruise is in the Air Force? It's called Top Gun. And everyone's like, yeah. oh, certainly. Yes, I did. I'd be like, oh, no, you didn't because he's actually a Navy pilot. Thank you very much. More brie yeah. for me. An, an aviator. Aviator. Right. Yeah. Okay. So that's one problematic thing. Pro-military. Second problematic thing is, and this is I'm really having a hard time wrapping my head around. Tom Cruise is just... He's just such a movie star and the uncanniness of his physical beauty and just a hundred thousand percent enthusiasm for every scene he's in, in this movie, all that is weird enough and wonderful enough. But then you have to remember like this guy is the public face of like one of the most abusive cults yeah, in human history. And it's like, it it's like, Watching this movie is like two hours and 13 minutes of just licking a nine volt battery, just like constant shuddering, like, I can't tell if this is good or bad. And maybe that's why it feels so good, because I know it's bad. Do you know what I mean? It's like really, it's like a really kinky movie going experience, this Top Gun thing, because, you know, it's 
it's awful, but it's also wonderful because there's just, and I know this is horrible and I know people are so mad at me. Like, how can you adore Tom Cruise? Wait a minute. You are, you're adoring him. There's just something about him. He's just charisma. His... It's just the charisma is insane. Really? And any, and you know, our friend Aaron turned me on to this about Tom Cruise. Whenever in every movie, there's always a scene and it happened in Tom, it happened in Top Gun Maverick and it happened in the preview for the new Mission Impossible movie, which which played before the Tom the Top Gun movie, which also looks like it's going to be the greatest movie ever made. There's right. always a scene where Tom Cruise is running as fast as he can. Just like booking, straight booking with the best posture, like Danny Green, the best posture in the world, bolt upright running f- as fast as a cheetah. It must be his favorite feeling in the world. Yeah. Other than watching Scientology slaves clean bathroom floors with toothbrushes or something. Like, right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name this friend um, out of, of interests of privacy. But I have a friend who was in a Tom Cruise movie and was in a lot of scenes with Tom Cruise. And he said the thing about Tom Cruise was that um, he just just like nonstop enthusiasm and was like went over to the director and was like, "Hey, what if I just scaled this wall?" Like. You think I could like scale this wall in 15 seconds? Would that be a cool shot? And the director's like, yeah, let's try it, Tom Cruise. Let's do it. Let's do it. He's just like a puppy. He's like a dog. Like, you know, he has that type of energy. Like, let's go. He's like Bodhi. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm going to jump on you. I'm going to say hello. Would it be cool if I ran around this room, like chasing my tail for 20 minutes? Could that be part of the movie? Do you think he's always been like that? Is he, is he uh, bipolar? Is he on drugs? Maybe. I mean, it could be some of that stuff. It could be the influence of the, of the disastrous cult that he's hitched his life to i don't know but it's but it but but you're into it you like but it. on the screen <laughs> this is going to sound so corny but when you're watching tom cruise in a movie and he looks at somebody and smiles like i smile back at him because tom cruise is smiling at me and he's so charming and good looking and like he's so into driving his motors like in this movie he lives inside an airplane hangar his house is an airplane hangar and his roommate is an airplane. It's so crazy. And then he has to teach all these young pilots like how to trust their guts and work together and like throw out the rule book and just, you know, yeah, don't think, yeah. just do. And I'm sure that I was missing like 80% of the references to the first Top Gun movie were just like flying over my head, so to speak, like fighter jets themselves, you know? You need to see it. It was crazy. Every line of dialogue in this movie felt like it had been ripped from another line of dialogue from a movie it felt like okay you know when they're like i made my ai read 400 romance novels and then write one of its own it's like i made my ai watch 800 fighter pilot movies and then write a script that's what this is every okay. line of dialogue is like you won't be able to do it until you could do it or like it's stuff yeah. like that like the thing about the sky is you're always above the ground i mean that's actually a little too weird it's but it's like how can tom cruise say these lines that are so inane and make me like want to cry with the profundity of it. it. He's just such a movie star. And there's another thing about Tom Cruise that the people I went to see the movie with told me. My friend Christine turned me on to this fact. And yeah. this is a mind blower. Tom Cruise's teeth, he has a tooth in the middle of his mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Famously, Do you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Apparently, yeah. And and maybe that's part of the uncanniness. It's like hmm. Plus also I think he's had some work done now as he's gotten older. But he's and so he all so he's becoming more, you know, like more doll like. I don't know, man. There was a scene where they were all like in the original Top Gun. Is there a scene where they're all playing volleyball on the beach? It's like a famous scene, right? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they have a they have a callback to that scene in this movie where they're all playing like touch football. On Are they the all beach. sweaty and yeah? Oh no, they're not and... all sweaty. No, they're wearing a bu- yeah, and they're wearing a lot yeah. of clothes. <laughs> yeah, just looking just perfect. And it's incredible. Just... How can actors and actresses be so good looking? They must go yeah. to the gym twenty times a day, and Tom Cruise is right there with them. Tom Cruise is like sixty one years old. Wait a minute, he was in this one too. He yeah, was in dude, the- his shirt is off. He looks terrific. How? That's what I'm saying. That's the whole thing. Like, how is he doing this? You know, there's some there's some movie stars where you understand the charisma. Like, think of Tom Hanks or Denzel Washington. Great actors, okay. super right. famous, right. super charismatic. But there's a there's a there's um they're aging, and now there's like a weightiness to them, or there's like a certain heft, or or grab. You know, there's a gravitational pull on both of those actors. And there's some of that for Tom Cruise because he has had work done or whatever, and he's not quite as fit as he was in his 20s. But it's like, who made this robot? Like, this is this dude is f- operating flawlessly. He's still so good looking. He's so freaking charming. And I have to say that impish grin. And yes, it is an impish grin. <laughs> when you see it on a huge screen, it's just like bedazzling. I was bedazzled by this I mean, fucking military any- propaganda. Anybody what? that compares to him? No, there's nobody. I, I would say there's nobody who compares to Tom Cruise. And I do think that part of that is is whatever, if it's the Scientology or whatever is broken inside him that attracted him to Scientology, there's just something where it's, I do think there's something dog-like about him. He just seems so eager to please. Right. Right. And yet he doesn't understand his own uncanniness because he is not like us, you know? Right. Like, there are a lot of famous celebrities who are not like us, right? But I do think the ones that get super famous, like Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington, like, you could have a conversation with them as humans, you know? Like, I've met Tom Hanks and I've had a conversation with him, and he's just like a really affable human person, unless he is also skinwalking as a human and is just really good at acting off screen. Right. But when I met him, I was like, this is a extremely charismatic person who happens to be famous. And he connected. You could connect with him. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Tom Cruise. At, I mean, my friend who worked with him said he's extremely friendly. He's extremely enthusiastic. He's extremely supportive, blah, blah, blah. And this is me speaking. This is not my friend speaking. This is me saying, but yeah, dude, you're never going to feel like you can relax no. with Tom Cruise. There's right? no like, surf. There's no, it's all surface. I think so. It's like John Edwards getting back to North Carolina politicians. I remember when my former editor at Rolling Stone, this is years and years ago, obviously, was interviewing John Edwards when John Edwards was running in the Democratic primary, right? In Mm -hmm. 2004. And he was excited to talk to John Edwards because back then John Edwards was the only person talking about the two Americas, the poor, you know, he's talking about poor people. Mm -hmm. Good for him. My editor went on the private jet to meet with John Edwards and John Edwards was resting and had his head down, like kind of, you know, when you put your head down, your chin's resting on your chest. And then my editor's presence was announced and he said it was like just watching John Edwards just boot up, boop, head goes up, big, wide smile. And he said it was so creepy. And obviously we all have public persona like, right? And politicians especially have extreme versions of that. You have to be on. But I think Tom Cruise has that even probably more than John Edwards does, where it's just like, like, like he just feels like an alien who just loves humans and really wants to be treated as a human. And there's, 
his charm is simultaneously very easygoing and also feels like it's coming from a place of like profound desperation. I don't know. Like I'm really projecting a lot onto this Top Gun Maverick movie, but I, I, I would say I was fully engaged for the entire length of the film. The soundtrack was incredible. And um, there was a romance between Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly, like two people who were like both in their middle ages having like sexy flirting and stuff. It was great. They even even looked up and like made out like it was pretty cool. Yeah. Was it uh, when they when they made out? Was there like a silhouette? See, see, you got to see the first one. No, no, they no, they they we never saw them make out, but we saw them. I mean, this is where I was losing my mind. They cut to the two of them. I assume it's postcoital in bed. She's resting her head on Tom Cruise's shoulder and Tom Cruise isn't wearing any shirt. And they're just like chit chatting. It's like, can you imagine what that's like? No. Can you imagine being intimate with Tom Cruise? Oh, we have to talk to Nicole Kidman or Katie. What's her name? Katie. Um. Yeah. Oh, fuck. All Montreal. I can think of is Katie Porter. <laughs> Imagine if Tom Cruise and Katie yeah, Porter that's it. It's had Katie a romance. Porter. Katie, Kate Holmes. Katie, Katie Holmes. Holmes. Yeah, yeah. That's what we have to get one of them on the podcast and just ask, like, what is it like to be close to somebody who just seems so charismatic, but also so impossibly distant? You know, last week we were talking about everything, everywhere, all at once. And listen, obviously, I'm not saying that Top Gun Maverick is a better movie than everything everywhere all at once, although they both are very ambitious each in their own way. And I would rather that that, that everything everywhere all at once be a big hit, even though Top Gun Maverick is just going to fucking blow the doors off everything and be the biggest <laughs> hit ever. It was so easy to follow. You know, like in Mad Max Fury Road, where the plot is first they drive in one direction yeah, and then they drive back. And there's so much chaotic stuff happening, but you're never lost or disoriented. You always know absolutely what's going on, what the stakes are, who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And it's just like logistically the most incredible piece of filmmaking ever. Top Gun Maverick also kind of has some of that, even though the even though the weird thing about flying movies is like when you're in a dogfight, you don't have a plane of reference. Yeah, that's what it's all just like scrambled and abstract. Yeah, you know? it's a lot. Yeah, how, how, it's it's very difficult to figure out where you are in space, and, it, and in many ways, it's like a found footage film. You know, they're 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 basing it all on previous, you know, video of these planes doing whatever they're doing. Right? No, this one they're actually in the planes because Tom Cruise, in his wisdom, before the movie started, addressed us directly as moviegoers. They did one of those pre-roll things where he's like, hey, everybody, it's me, Tom Cruise. Thank you so much for coming to see Top Gun Maverick. We're so glad to have you back in the movie theaters. We love movies. We shot these in real planes. You're going to see real G-force on our faces. So when the pilots are like going crazy, you know how their faces are like, get me out of here. You know, that kind of stuff. And there's so much G-force stuff. We spent so much time watching little gauges and dials, like ramp up the G's and stuff. Tom Cruise's face then, like what other, like Tom Cruise's face already a little bit distorted because of whatever cosmetic surgery he's had, like then getting further distorted from these G-forces. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. You got to see it, dude. You've got to see it. It's called. So if you haven't heard of it, it's called Top Gun Maverick. All right. It's a sequel to a movie I refused to see for political reasons, which was called Top Gun, which came out in the 80s when we were susceptible kids. Yeah. Good for you. I didn't want to support the Reagan revolution. And now I'm on. Now I'm all on board. I'm like, let's go bomb everybody, man. These these jets fly so fast. They shoot missiles and lasers. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What a great use of our resources. Right. (laughs) 
I mean, it was something else, man. It was something else. I really have to say Top Gun Maverick. It was, um, if, but do this sneak in, don't pay for a ticket. I know that's hard to do now because they have assigned seatings and stuff, but I didn't pay for the ticket. It was a gift from my friend. My friend said, let's all go see Top Gun Maverick. I said, let me pay you back. And she said, no, 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 this is on me. She was so shocked that I had never seen the first Top Gun that I think she was like, yeah, your first taste is going to be free. Then you're going to be paying. Yeah. And I was like, buddy, I'll snort all this up, man. Let's cut another line of this Tom Cruise charisma because I'm going nuts for this dude. Fascinating. And then the Mission Impossible. I can, they're making a new Mission Impossible called Dead Reckoning. Oh, my God. That's Tom. And that's another Tom Cruise movie. And he's going to be booking, running so fast. If he's going to fly a motor, I think he flies a motorcycle out of an airplane this time. Oh, that's the other. And Tom Cruise does his own stunts. That's what's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The Mission Impossible movie where he's hanging off a plane as it's taking off. That's Tom Cruise doing that. They did the thing where he jumped out of an airplane and then took a parachute all the way down to the earth. They, that was Tom Cruise in that parachute yeah. or wingsuit or whatever. You know, when you look like a. Like Missy Elliott, you have one of those big baggy things on and it's like paragliding or whatever you call it. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Like a flying squirrel. Aaron and I once had a huge debate about who's the bigger movie star of our lifetime, Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise, the two Toms. I don't know, man. Tom Hanks better step it up because I also saw the trailer for the new Tom Hanks movie where he plays Elvis Presley's manager. No one's going to see that. They made a movie about Elvis Presley. This guy, this kid's like, I went to the party in the county jail. No, shut up. Yeah, Tom Hanks Tom was like, Hanks you and me, too... Elvis, we going to make a lot of money together. He's too every man. No, bro. This is Tom Cruise summer. Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise is stomping on Tom Hanks all summer. 2022, I will say it. What about Brad Pitt? Brad Pitt's so washed up. No, who oh, cares okay. about Brad Pitt? He's probably Thanks. producing some weird little movie about fucking librarian in estonia no one gives a shit about <laughs> what I've, I, I've heard nice things about brad pitt okay all right but I, yeah he's no no brad pitt is when's the last what's the last brad pitt movie you saw um right exactly smith's yeah mr and mrs smith exactly yeah. was that no, this is it's tom cruise okay. all the way i'm oh, I'm so glad he's famous because that means there's so much I can read about him and do my research yeah, about him. Yeah, you can go back. All this stuff that you missed, you could see the original Top Gun, Days of Thunder. Never so saw good. that. Oh, my God. I did see Risky best. Business. That scandalized me in the 60s. I mean, not in the 60s, when I was in sixth grade. Why? Because he has premarital sex with someone who's not his oh, wife. I don't remember anything On from a it. sofa. I don't okay? remember it's anything like, from it. That's like three dancing. violations right there. All right. You are so straight edge. Anyway, that's the Hollywood scene report. I apologize for seeing a military industrial complex movie that uh, also stars. a guy. I mean, I, and this is the power of his charisma. One last thing. It's like, I know Tom Cruise is in Scientology and I know he's completely complicit in all the evil that David Miscavige does. But Tom Cruise is so impish and charismatic. There is, I have to admit it. I hate to admit this. There's a part of me that's like, well, he can't know how bad it is. They probably hide all that from him. You know, like. He doesn't know because he can't be a bad person because look at his twinkling eyes when he smiles at me. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to work on that. I know I'm being a little bit, a little bit uh, over forgiving of Tom Cruise, but that's my, that's my, uh, that's my Hollywood scene report. Thanks. That was great. Two thumbs up for Top Gun Maverick. All right. Nicholas writes in, I had a long round trip trek today. And had a pretty weird coincidence happen with regards to episode 149. I listened to the episode on the way to my destination. I don't hate 
a horse with no name, but will readily admit it's not up to the standard of Sister Golden Hair or Ventura Highway. On my return journey, what should pop up on the radio but America's A Horse With No Name? I had a nice little chuckle and turned to the next station only to find that they were playing More Than a Feeling by Boston. That's crazy. Now, I thought this was a bit too coincidental, so I went to various stations seeking if any other geo-themed bands were on. I did quickly wrangle the search criteria in by only counting songs in the streak if they were playing immediately after another group with a place name on the same station, or if it was being played on a different station while the last find was still playing. The streak went like this, he writes. A Horse With No Name by America, More Than a Feeling, Boston, Call On Me, Chicago, I'm Doing Fine Now, New York City, How I Could Just Kill a Man, Cypress Hill, named after a street. The streak ended and I continued on with my drive, but an hour later, yet another America song came on and a shorter streak followed. I Need You, America, Wish That Were, uh, Wish That You Were Mine, The Manhattans, does anybody really know what time it is? Chicago. How is, first of all, give everybody the context in case they forgot last week's episode, what we were talking about. I, I guess we were just talking about uh, geo-themed bands. We started off by talking about that song, A Horse With No Name by America. And then we were talking about bands whose names, who are named after locations, cities, countries, continents, stuff like that. Right. This, this email beggars belief that he heard five songs in a row. Switching between stations, five songs in a row from location named bands. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. And yeah, the fact that he was switching stations, it was all one station. Then I would think that maybe that was their thing. Right. It was a theme. They were doing like Tuesday band names that are named yeah. after locations on K106. But K-106. still, man, there's not that many bands with location names. We looked at them all. I thought so. A lot of people wrote in and, and gave band names that had locations. I sort of feel like nah, 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 nah. what? Can't you can't it can't be that. It has to be the band name is just a location. Yes. It has to be yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Chicago. It's gotta be the root. Japan. Speaking of Top Gun, Berlin. Because didn't wasn't Take Your Breath Away from the original Top Gun? That's Berlin. Mm-hmm. It can't be like, uh, you know, Detroit Knights or whatever. No, right. It's exactly. Be Detroit. Yep, exactly. And there's a fair amount of them. But man, what a streak from Nicholas. Thank you, Nicholas. Yeah. One in a trillion right there. Must be. All right. Why don't we save the rest of these for next week? All right. We'll save the rest of these questions that we were going to do for next week. We hope everybody is having a pleasant Memorial Day or that you did by the time you listen to this that you had a pleasant Memorial Day. Yeah. Election Profit Makers is an independent production. Support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash election profit makers. Send your election prediction questions to contact at electionprofitmakers.com. If you want to try Predict It, go to predictit.org slash promo slash EPM20 to receive up to $20 in matching funds and play along with us. Please rate and review us wherever. We appreciate that very much. Bye.